we continue our study through God's Word, we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 27. Before I begin to look at that chapter, I, I want to remind everyone that a couple of chapters back, Rebecca, the wife of Isaac, she found out that she was pregnant, that she had conceived twins. And it didn't take very long at all to find to figure out that, that this wasn't a typical type of a pregnancy. That they were fighting in there. That these wasn't just typical baby movement. That these wasn't just um, typical kicks. But that they were throwing punches. They were throwing kicks. They were, they were throwing knees and elbows. They were going at it. They were fighting in the womb. So she prayed about it. And she asked the Lord, well, what's going on? The Lord revealed to her that you are holding twins. Two nations. That they're always going to be doing this. And then he told her that the elder is going to serve the younger. And a lot of people miss that. That was a prophetic word by God. God was making it clear that Jacob is the one to inherit the birthright. Jacob is the one to inherit the blessing. Jacob is the one to inherit the promise. And keep in mind, we are talking about a specific promise. We are talking about a very important promise. We're talking about the promise that God gave to Abraham. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. I will make you a great and a mighty nation. I will make your name great. I will give you as many descendants as there is grains of sand on the earth as there is stars in the heaven. The blessing that was given to, to Abraham by God that was passed on and inherited by Isaac. And now God is making it clear that it is to be passed on to Jacob. He is the one that I'm going to use to continue to carry out this promise. I want you to keep that in mind. As we look at chapter 27. And as we consider that thought. And as we look at chapter 27. We find four characters. Throughout this chapter. Isaac and Rebekah. The mother and father. And there are two sons. Jacob and Esau. Jacob the one that's supposed to inherit the blessing. God's will. God's plan. It goes to Jacob. And as we consider these four characters, I just want to say thank God for his amazing grace. Thank God for his undeserved favor upon fallen man. Because there is not a one of these four characters in chapter 27 that I see that is worthy of the promise. That is worthy of the blessing. That is deserving of God's blessing. That is deserving of God's grace. They all mess up throughout this chapter. They all make mistakes throughout this chapter. They all sin throughout this chapter. Scripture tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that we all like sheep have gone astray, that our righteousness in the sight of God, that our righteousness is as filthy rags, that there is not one righteous, no, not one. We have all messed up. We have all made mistakes. But I don't know about you that's viewing the video today, but I'm thankful for God's grace because I know that I don't deserve it. I know that I'm not worthy of it. I know that I haven't earned it. 
But I'm so thankful that it is freely offered, provided, paid for in full by the blood of Jesus Christ, who willingly shed his blood, who willingly laid down his life so that a sinner like me, an undeserving, unworthy sinner like me can be saved and have eternal life and be part of the inheritance, be part of the promise, be part of what he has prepared for those of us that endure to the end, remaining faithful. Thank God for grace. With that thought being, being planted in your minds, we see that in the beginning of the chapter here that Isaac, he's old. His eyesight ain't real good anymore. He thinks he's getting ready to die, which we, we find that, that he's dramatizing it a little bit because he actually lives 40 years after chapter 27. 40 more years he, he lives. But he's old, his eyesight's bad, he thinks he's getting ready to die, so he calls his oldest son, who he loves, Esau. He favored Esau because Esau was a great and a mighty hunter. He was good with a bow. He liked his venison. So he called Esau into the tent and he said, I want you to go out and I want you to kill me a deer. I want you to bring me back some venison, some deer meat. I want it prepared the way that I like it. And when you bring it back to me, I will give you the blessing. Now Isaac knew that God had told Rebekah that it's to go to Jacob. Isaac knew God's will. Isaac knew God's plan. But he wants to try to do it his way. He wants to try to give it to the son that he loves. He thinks he knows better than God. God said Jacob, but Isaac says, it's Esau that I love. It's Esau that I want you to use. It's Esau that I want you to go through. So he thinks that he, knowing better than God, can do it his way. And he wants to try to sneak that blessing to Esau in the back door, so to speak. And he knows it's wrong. While he's doing it, he knows it's a sin. He knows it's against God's will. You say, well, how do you know that he knows? Because he tells Esau to go out and get the deer meat and then to come back into that room with it and he will give him the blessing. Let me explain something about how blessings worked in those days. They were more than just words that were spoken. It was a big deal. It was important. It, was, it, it meant that the father was passing on the majority of the inheritance. The first blessing was the best blessing. It was, a, it was, it was everything. It meant that that son was pretty much getting everything from the father. This would have been a ceremony. It would have been friends and family, neighbors gathered around. They would have been watching, listening, taking part. But that ain't how, how Isaac wanted to do it here. He said, come back in here with the venison and I will bless you in here. He was going to do it behind closed doors. He was going to do it in private. He was going to do it in secret. He was going to try to sneak it in, so to speak. Now hear me. There might be someone viewing today that thinks you can get away with something. That thinks you have got away with something. A sin or, or, or whatever it might be. You think that you're getting by with it. You think that you're getting away with it. Let me tell you something. God knows all. God sees all. God hears all. You're not getting by with it in concerns of, uh, of God. 
You might be able to fool those that go to church with you. You might be able to fool those that you work with. You might be able to fool those that even you live with. But you cannot fool God. He knows. He sees. God's always going to have it His way. And you're always going to get rewarded according to the deeds that you have done at the end. That's the way it works. You're not getting by with it. You might get by with it for now. You might get by with it for 10 years. You might get by with it for 50 years. But on that day that we stand in front of the judge, you're not getting by with it. Know that. Understand that. God's going to have it His way. And we find here, as we continue to look at the story, we're going to have to do it in, in, in future days as we're running out of time on a, on a Facebook video. But, but as we continue the story, we see that God, He does indeed have it His way. And He gets the blessing to the one that He wanted to have it all along. But we also see that, that listening in to this conversation with Jacob or with Isaac and, and Esau with Rebecca, and she comes up with a plan of her own, and she goes about it the wrong way. We'll have to look at that some more tomorrow in the More Mornings video. I hope that you're you're here for that video, and I hope that you've got something out of this video this morning. If anyone has any questions, concerns, or comments, leave me a message. Until next time, God bless. study this morning into God's Word, I want to take just a few moments to make an announcement for the Maple Street Church here. We are in revival all this week. It began yesterday morning with Reverend David Glonner, Reverend Mike Williams done the, done the music for us. Uh, going to be having a different one each evening come in to preach and each one to different one to come in and sing each evening. This evening we've got Reverend Nathan Carey, uh, pastor of the Home Road Church in Springfield, Ohio. He's going to be coming to, to bring the message this evening. And one of our very own here at Maple Street, Sister Shelba Miller, is going to be doing the singing for us. So if you live close enough that you could attend, we'd love to have you. Everyone's welcome. Uh, and then as I begin the video each morning, I will tell you who it's going to be for that evening. Just hope to see you, see some of you through the revival um, here at Maple Street this week. As we continue our study into God's Word, we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 27, verse number 6. You remember that last Friday, as we begin chapter 27, that I, I made the statement of how thankful I am for God's grace. Because not a one of us is without sin. Not a one of us is deserving and worthy of the blessings and of the promises of God. Not one of us is deserving of what Jesus has done for us, of the price that he has paid, a, 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 a debt that he did not owe at a price that we could not pay. It's often the way that, that I like to put it. And I'm so thankful that he loved each and every one of us enough to pay that, that price for us. We see all through chapter 27, the grace of God. We see four characters here in chapter 27. Isaac and Rebekah, the mother and the father, their two sons, Esau and Jacob. And throughout 27, we see each one of them getting it wrong. We see each one of them messing up. We see each one of them making mistakes. We see each one of them committing sins. Friday, we looked at the mistake of Isaac. 
he called Esau into the tent. Said, I want you to go kill me a deer. Bring me back some of the venison meat. And then I will give you the blessing. This blessing was already supposed to go to Jacob for two reasons. One, because Esau had already sold his birthright. The, the, the first blessing was to go with the birthright. So, so legally and morally, it was already Jacob's because Esau had sold it to him. And more importantly, it belonged to Jacob because God had already told Rebekah that, that this is the way it's to be. The elder son, being Esau, is to serve the younger son, being Jacob. So, so we know that according to God's will, according to God's prophetic word, the blessing was supposed to go to Jacob. But Isaac wanted to give it to Esau. So he tried this, this sneaking in through the back door, so to speak. Go out and kill me a deer. Bring me back the venison. I will bless you right here in private, in secret. But we find that his plan does not work. God's going to have it his way. God's always going to have it his way. You're not going to stop God's plan. You're not going to stop God's prophecy. You're not going to stop God's will. He's always going to have it. Just the way he has said it's going to be. We find that God knows all. God sees all. So, so somehow, some way, God was going to stop the plan of Isaac. But we see that we don't get to see how God was going to work it out. Because Rebecca, she's outside listening in. And she comes up with a plan of her own. She goes to her younger son Jacob and she tells him, I want you to go out and kill me two goats. I'll prepare them the way that your dad likes venison. He'll never know the difference. Jacob says, well, I'm a smooth man. My brother Esau is a hairy man. Dad will, dad will know the difference. Rebecca said, you let me take care of that and go get the goats. So he goes and he gets the goats, brings them to her. She prepares them the way that Isaac likes his venison. She's been cooking for him for many years now. She knows how to how he likes his food. She knows that she can make it and can never tell the difference. So she makes the goat, prepares it the way that, that Isaac likes it, takes the skin and puts on her son Jacob's hands on the smooth of his neck, puts him in Esau's clothes so that they have the smell of an outdoorsman. Remember that Esau was a mighty hunter. He was used to being out in the out in the wilderness hunting and, and killing things. Jacob was a mama's boy, he was used to, to being in the in the kitchen. So she dressed him in Esau's clothes and put the skin on him to, to, to trick Isaac and then sent him in. And it worked. Isaac couldn't tell the difference from the goat meat to the, to the venison meat. He couldn't tell the difference between his son Jacob and his son Esau. He was tricked. He was deceived. And he gave the blessing to Jacob. Now I've heard a lot of preachers and teachers when they're preaching this part of Genesis chapter 27 that they say that it was God's will that this happened this way. That, that God wanted Rebecca to do this. Let me tell you something. God does not condone sin for any reason. He will not ever condone sin. He will not bless sin. He will not reward sin. There is always consequences to be paid as a result of sin. Now you, you say, well, how was God going to work it out then? I don't know. We never will know how God was going to work it out because Rebecca took it upon herself to deceive Isaac, to, to commit this sin, to try to get God's, God's plan to come to pass. 
God's plan was going to come to pass. He did not need them going out and sinning. There is no good reason to sin. Now, nowadays, people, they try to justify their sin. We find that they've been doing it all the way back since Genesis chapter 27. They try to justify their sin. They try to twist it around, twist scripture around, twist it around where God's a God of love. And, and this is okay with him. And many denominations are preaching that it's okay to continue to sin, that, that, that you're going to get the blessings and the promises of God. I want you to know that it's going to work that way. Be ye holy, for the Lord your God is holy. You must live a sanctified, set-apart life if you are a believer. You cannot do whatever you want to do and live however you want to live and expect God to give you the blessings. You say, well, it worked. Rebecca and Jacob, they got the blessing. They got, they got what, what they wanted. Jacob got the promise. That was given to Abraham that was passed on to Isaac. Now it's been officially passed on to Jacob. It's his. Yeah, but Jacob has to suffer a lot. He has to go through a lot of difficulties. And we're going to be seeing that in future chapters. And I don't want to get too much into that right now. As we'll be looking at that as we look at future chapters. But I will point out one thing. We see in the rest of Genesis chapter 27 that Esau comes back in with the deer meat. Isaac says, well, who was it that just came in and gave me the deer meat? They realize it was Jacob. Isaac realizes that he's been tricked. He trembles. I believe the reason that he trembles is because he realizes, oh, this was God's plan all along. I didn't get over on God. I didn't trick God. We can't get over on God and we can't trick God. We can trick each other. We can trick those in the, in the church around us, but we cannot trick God. God sees all. God knows all. So he trembles in fear of God. We find that Esau, he, he, he's mad. He, he walks out of the tent saying, well, I'm going to kill my brother Jacob. As soon as dad dies, I'm going to have the birthright. I'm going to have the blessing. I'm going to have the promise because I'm just going to kill him and take it for my own. Take it by force. Rebecca finds out about his plan. She goes to Jacob. She tells him, you got to flee to Laban. You got to get to, to Pat and Aram to, to, to your uncle Laban's house. I'll send for you when your brother has calmed down. 20 years passed. Jacob leaves and 20 years passed. We'll be looking at, at, his, at, at, at some of this beginning in chapter 28 tomorrow morning. But 20 years passed. And by the time Jacob returns, Rebekah, his mother, has passed on. He never sees her alive again. Rebekah never gets to look upon her youngest son whom she loved ever again as a result of of their sin. You see, if they wouldn't have done this, Jacob would have been able to have stayed right there and everything would have worked out just fine. We'll be again we'll be looking at that tomorrow morning as we get into to chapter 28. But we see that their their sins did have a price. Yeah, Jacob got the blessing. And eventually God makes Jacob into the man that he needs him to be. But he's got to learn those lessons the hard way. And we're going to find that out as as we continue our study. But I want you to know that your sins always have a price. Always have, have, have a consequences. 
that, that has to be met, that price that has to be paid. You don't ever get away with it. Think about that as, as we finish our video here today. I hope this video has done something for you. I hope you got something out of it. If anyone has any questions, concerns, or comments, leave me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Again, I want to thank everyone that's been following this study. I want to want to encourage you to keep continuing to go through God's Word with me and journey through God's Word with me. Um, love having you. Appreciate all of you. Until next time, God bless. Before we get into our study this morning, once again, I want to make an announcement on behalf of the Maple Street 3CU here. We're in revival. Had a wonderful two services thus far. Reverend Dave Glonner on the first Sunday morning done a wonderful job. And Reverend Nathan Carey again done a wonderful job last night. Tonight we're going to have Reverend Ken Mosser with us to preach. We're going to have the Johnston sisters from over at Jamestown High with us to um, to minister to us in music and everyone is welcome. We'd love to have you here with us at, at Revival. It starts at six o'clock, 23 Maple Street, Jeffersonville, Ohio. Everyone's welcome. Now, as we continue our study through God's word, we come to Genesis chapter 28. I'd like to read just the opening verses of the chapter, if I could. It says, and Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people, and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Paddan Aram unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. We see that Jacob is being sent away with the reason, at least looking on paper, the reason being that he is to go to Paddan Aram to find a wife, that he's not to marry a Canaanite woman. And I believe that there's a lot that we could say about that. And I believe that it was important that he not marry of the Canaanite women. I believe it was important that he goes back to his mother's brother's house to get a wife. You remember that, that that's exactly what, what Abraham wanted for Isaac. But we see here that Jacob has to go this 400 mile journey and do it for himself. And that this is the reason that is used. But as we look back to Genesis chapter 27, we know that the real reason that he's being sent away is because Rebekah went to Isaac and said, Hey, we've got to get him out of here. I want him to go to Laban's house. But the reason that she done this was because Esau was going to kill Jacob as soon as Isaac passed 
so that he could have the inheritance, so that he could have the blessing. He was just going to take it by force. So for fear for her son's life, Rebecca wanted him to go to Laban's house until it was safe. And then she was going to send for him when Esau cooled off and he was going to be able to come home. We're going to find out that it's going to be a little over 20 years before Jacob actually makes it back to home. And by then his mother has already passed away. But we see here, basically, the first thing that comes to my mind as we read these first five verses is how Jacob, he's got to do it the hard way. He's got to learn life's lessons through the school of hard knocks, so to speak. You'll remember that a few chapters back, when it became time for, for Isaac to have a wife, that Abraham, he was, he was at the point of death. He was old. A life well lived. He'd made mistakes. He'd, he'd made, made many mistakes and sins. And his faith had faltered and failed. But he always made his way back to the altars that he had built unto the Lord. And he always continued to walk with the Lord. And as it comes time for him to get ready to leave this world. And go to that city that he's been in search of. That city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. As Hebrews chapter 11 tells us. That he wants to get a wife for his son Isaac. So he sends his servant back to his people to get a wife. He makes it clear to the servant, under no circumstances are you to take Isaac. Under no circumstances are you to take my son. This is where God has brought us to. That is where God has brought us from. I don't want him to go back. I don't want him to ever leave the center of God's will. So Isaac... He went on with his daily routine. He went on doing, living his daily life. Whatever, whatever his activities was. Whatever his, his life consisted of. He just went on about his business. While the servant went and put the footwork in. While the servant went and done the labor, so to speak. And then after Rebecca had agreed to come back with the servant. The servant brought Rebecca, who became Isaac's wife, back to him. He got to do it the easy way because he stayed in the center of God's will. So he got to live life the easy way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that once you become a Christian, life is on life is going to be on easy street. That Life is going to be perfect. We just saw a couple of chapters back that Isaac had some difficulties. But that God took each and every one of those tests and he turned it into a testimony to, to impact the lives of Abimelech and Abimelech's people. And God brought Isaac through it for the better. He worked it all out. And God will always work out all things to, to his glory. He will always work out, work out everything for the people that love him and are called according to his purpose. He will always make a way. But I believe that Jacob, in this instance, yeah, he was going to have some difficulties in life. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. I'm not trying to preach a prosperity message. I imagine that most of you figured out by now in these videos that I'm not a big fan of that prosperity gospel. It's, it's not the way it is. Jesus said, you want to follow me? You got to take up your cross, deny yourself that it's not going to be easy. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We're going to have hard times in life. But I believe that in this instance, Jacob could have stayed there just like his dad did. 
He could have stayed there and he could have just continued living his life. God was going to get him the blessing. I don't know how, but God was going to work it out. God's always going to have it his way. You can't stop God's plan. You can't stop God's prophecy. So somehow God was going to work it out to where Jacob was going to get the blessing without lying, without deceiving his father, without going along with Rebecca's plan and, and trying to do it their way instead of God's way. God was going to give him this blessing. But now as a result of his sins, He's got to travel this 400 miles from where he's, from where he's located to Paddan Aram in search of a wife. He's got to learn these lessons the hard way. And you know, I can relate to that. Imagine it. Maybe there's someone watching this video that can relate to that too. Maybe you're going through that school of hard knocks right now. You know, I was saved at an early age. I was... I felt God's call on my life at an early age. I'd even stood up and, and made the announcement that I was going into youth ministry. And I had started that. And it was going pretty good. A good off to a good start, I can say. Then I turned the age to where I could go out and, and party and do it my way. Live life for the pleasures of sin. One drink turned into two. Two drinks turned into three. Ended up being a 30-pack a day. From the time I got up to the time that I went to went to bed with whiskey and liquor on top of that. Started smoking a joint here and there, which turned into a pill here and there, which turned into the more harder and harder and harder drugs. Making mistakes, living a life that led me in and out of jails and prisons. Over a thousand days of my life in that 10 year period that I was running from God and trying to do it my way. A thousand days that was wasted either in jail or prison. A thousand days that I can't get back with a whole lot of late and lonely nights. Even on the outside in between jail cells and, and prison yards. And where did, where am I at now? I'm in ministry. I'm in, the, I'm in the pulpit. I've been called to preach the gospel. God got me to where he wanted me to be all along. But because of my decisions to do it my way, I had to go through a long, long, long list of difficulties and heartaches and trials along the way. I had to learn the lessons the hard way. And that's what we're going to find over these next few chapters about Jacob. God gets him where he wants him to be. God turns him into the man that he wants him to be. But he's got to learn those lessons the hard way. And I can't help but always wonder how much farther down the road would I be if I had never made the decision way back then to go out into the world and try to live life my way. You know, that's something that I want you to think about. There's no place I would rather be in all this world than in the center of God's perfect will. When we do it our way, things go wrong. When we do it our way, we've got to learn life's lessons in the school of hard knocks. We've got to get those bumps on the head, so to speak. We've got to go through things that I believe we wouldn't have to go through if we just done it God's way in the first place. Yes, we're still going to have difficulties. Yes, we're still going to have heartaches. 
Yes, we're still going to have suffering and sorrow. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. But the center of God's will, that's where I want to live. Because I've come to learn something over the years of my life. A bad day with God is better than a good day without Him. I want you to think on that as we close out the video this morning. I hope that everyone watching has got something out of the video. If anyone has any questions, concerns, or comments, leave me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for all that's been participating. I hope you continue to journey through God's Word with me. And remember, we are in revival here at Maple Street, 23 Maple Street, Jeffersonville, Ohio. Reverend Ken Mosser will be here tonight to bring the message. Hope to see you here. Until next time, God bless. Before we get into our continuance of the study through God's Word, I want to once again mention that all this week we're in revival here at Maple Street 3CU, 23 Maple Street, Jeffersonville, Ohio. We had a wonderful and blessed service last night. The Johnston Sisters is over in Jamestown, Ohio. They've they done a real good job singing for us. The, the Lord came in a mighty way. Reverend Ken Mosser, he preached an anointed message. It was just a wonderful time, a wonderful service, a wonderful time of fellowship afterwards. And um, we'd just like to invite all of you that are close enough to be here to come and, and enjoy the revival experience with us here at Maple Street. This evening we've got Reverend Roger Newkirk, the pastor of the Greenfield Church of Christ and Christian Union. He's going to be here to bring the message this evening. Sister Joanne Gray is going to be here to to minister to us in music and we'd just like to encourage anyone that's close enough to attend to, to be here and, and worship with us here at Maple Street 3CU. Everyone is welcome. As we continue our study into God's Word, we come to Genesis chapter 28 and verse number 8. And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father. You remember that yesterday morning video Isaac had told Jacob that he's to go to Paran Aram to Laban, to Rebekah's brother, and that he's to take a wife of those people, that he's not to marry a Canaanite woman. Now, will you remember that the reason that he's got to leave, the real reason that he's got to leave is a result of his sin, a result of, of him and Rebekah, his mother, trying to do it their way and coming up with a plan to deceive Isaac, to trick Isaac, to get the blessing. The blessing that he was going to get all along. It was his blessing. God had already said, the elder is to serve the younger. Jacob is the one that I'm going to use to carry on this promise, this promise that I gave to Abraham, this promise that was passed on to Isaac according to God's will. It was going to go to Jacob. Don't know how God was going to work it out, but he was going to work it out. But as a result of Jacob's sin, as a result of Rebekah's sin, Jacob is forced to go to Padan Ram. But it is important to notice that he was not to marry a Canaanite woman. Now we, we talked about it yesterday, how he could have still got his wife and lived life the easy way if he would have stayed in the center of God's will. But it was not to be a Canaanite woman. That is important to notice. Abraham didn't want Isaac to marry a Canaanite woman. 
Isaac don't want Jacob to marry a Canaanite woman. In other passages of scripture, God tells his people not to marry of the Canaanites. And there's other groups that he tells them not to marry of the, the Amorites and, and, and different groups. And it's a, as a result of their unbelief in God, their idol worshiping people, their pagan, pa pagan type people. And they're not to marry those. You're not to be unequally yoked. The New Testament, the Apostle Paul tells us that. To not be unequally yoked with non-believers. We are to be separated. We are to live a separated life. As the, as the children of the living God. And, and Esau here in verse number 8. He realizes this. He realizes that it was displeasing. To his father Isaac and his mother Rebekah. That he married of the Canaanite people. And I picture it like this. Scripture don't really give us enough detail here in, in verse number 8. But I just, as I put myself in the scene here with, with Esau, I picture it like this. That he started to look back over the years of his life. He remembered how he had sold his birthright for a bowl of pottage, for a bowl of stew, a bowl of soup. He wasn't starving to death. You remember as we looked at that passage that I pointed out, he was a mighty hunter. He was good with a bow. He could have went out and, and got some game. It wouldn't have been that much, much difficulty for him. We saw in just the last chapter that Isaac, when he said, go out and get me a deer, and then I will bless you. It didn't take him very long to return with the deer meat. He was good at hunting. He was good at finding game. He can live off the land. Give a man a feast he eats for a day. Teach a man a feast he eats for a lifetime. He was only focused on the temporary though. He was only focused on the here and now. He didn't think about his future. He didn't think about eternity. He wasn't concerned with eternity. He despised his birthright. Scripture tells us. He was only caring, caring about himself. Worried about his own pleasures, his own desires, his own dreams, his own goals. He was living in the pleasures of sin that last only for a season. He's thinking back, I, think, I picture here in verse number 8. He realizes that, that he had wasted his life, that he had made a mess of things. That he had married the Canaanite women that he shouldn't have done. That, that all through his life, he just continued to make a mess of things. You know, there came a time in my life when I realized that by doing it my way, by living in the pleasures of sin that last only for a season, that I had made a mess of my life. That I had wasted many a night, many a day in jail cells, prison yards, high and drunk and, 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 and out in the world and thinking I was having fun. But just so many wasted years, so many wasted days, so many wasted nights that I can never get back. Esau realized that. The Lord reveals that to us all. He comes to us and he draws us to himself and he lets us know that we are lost in our sins. That we need to come to him. That we need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That we need to confess our sins. That we need to repent of our sins. Which means to turn around. That's what the word repent literally means. To, to turn around. Esau realizes that at this moment. And there might be somebody watching this video right now that realizes that, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them and they realize that they are lost in their sin, that they need Jesus. Is it, it is at that moment that we have a decision to make. Esau has a decision to make here in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 8. He can repent. He can turn around. He can come 
to God, well, he can run farther and he can go deeper. And as a result, his life will just get more and more messed up. You have a decision to make if you're unsaved this morning. You can repent. You can come to Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It does not matter what sins you have committed. The Apostle Paul considered himself the chiefest. The chiefest of sinners. And, and I feel the same way. The chiefest of sinners. The worst among you. Done all kinds of things that I shouldn't have done. Made all kinds of mistakes. Committed all kinds of sins. But God's grace was sufficient. God's mercy abounded. God's love endured. And he saved my soul. And he will do the same thing for you. And I believe that he would have done the same thing for Esau. Right here in chapter 28 and verse 8. If he would have just turned around and came to God. But what did, he, what did Esau do? Verse 9. Then went Esau unto Ishmael. And took unto the wives which he had. Mahalah. The daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebuchadnezzar, to be his wife. No, he's gone farther and farther away. He realizes that he has sinned. He realizes that he had messed up. He realizes that he had made a mess of his life. He realizes that he is in a lost state. That he is going in the wrong direction. But instead of turning around... He goes deeper and deeper and deeper in. I want to tell you that if you continue to live your life doing it your way, you'll only go farther and farther and farther away from God. I remember when I first walked away from the Lord many years back now. I was saved at an early age, as I told you in yesterday morning's video. And I was doing good. But then all of a sudden, I got older enough to party. I thought that I could handle it just a little bit. It wouldn't get too bad. Wouldn't go too far and then I'd come back to the Lord. Just wanted to experience a little bit of life. I was young and dumb and just wanted to experience a little bit of life. But then how one beer turned into two and two turned into three and a shot of whiskey and, and another shot of whiskey and a joint and another joint and then pills and then, and then the harder drugs and the harder drugs and the harder drugs. Living the pleasures of sin, doing all kinds of things that led me in and out of jails and prisons. I made a mess of my life. And every day that I lived in sin, it just kept getting farther and farther away from God. And deeper and deeper and deeper into the ways of the world. I was heading to a devil's hell. But I thank God for the day that at my dining room table, that, that, that Sunday morning, that he came to me. And he revealed to me that I was lost. And he revealed to me that I was that I was in need. That I was in need of what only he could give. Of what only Jesus could offer. That I was in need of him. That I was in need of his forgiveness. Of his grace and of his mercy. And I'm so thankful that I made the decision to repent. To turn around and go to God. Instead of continuing going deeper and deeper and deeper in. Instead of continuing to, to find the Canaanite women and the wife or the daughters of Ishmael. He saw he made the wrong decision. We're going to find as chapters unfold that it just gets worse and worse and worse. That's how sin always does. It just gets worse and worse and worse and takes you farther and farther and farther away from God. But it don't have to be that way. 
Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to save you. But all you have to do is say yes because he's a perfect gentleman. He won't force himself. But the offer is available to whosoever will. Think about that as we close out this video. And once again, I want to invite everyone to come to 23 Maple Street, Jeffersonville, Ohio. We're having a revival tonight. It starts at 6 o'clock. Reverend Roger Newkirk will be here to preach for us. I hope this video has spoke to somebody in some way. If anyone has any questions, concerns, or comments, leave me a message. I'd love to talk to you. Thanks for all that's been participating. I hope you continue to, to follow along with future videos. Until next time, God bless. Well, before we get into our study this morning, once again, I want to make the announcement that 23 Maple Street, Jeffersonville, Ohio, the Maple Street 3CU, we're in revival here all this week. Been having wonderful services, wonderful fellowship afterwards. Been hearing the, the Word of God being preached in, a, in an awesome and amazing way. God has been meeting with us in an awesome and amazing way. And, and I just want to invite anyone that is close enough to attend to be here in the, in the revival experience with us here at Maple Street 3CU. This evening we're going to be having Reverend Larry Groves, the pastor of the Bookwater Church of Christ and Christian Union here with us. And Brother Clayton Lowe is going to be here to bring the music this evening. And again, everyone is welcome. As we continue our study through God's Word, we come to Genesis chapter 28 and verse number 10. tells us that Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. Now I kind of want to paint a picture here this morning. I want you to try to put yourself in the scene here with Jacob. Here's Jacob. He's a, the one that is going to inherit, has already purchased the birthright from Esau, who, who just didn't care nothing about the, the, the future, the eternal, only was concerned about the here and the now, and he sold him his birthright for a bowl of soup. So here's Jacob going to inherit all that Isaac has. Isaac has inherited all that Abraham had. No doubt he has added to it himself over the years. He's a wealthy man. He's doing good for himself. Jacob's going to get all of that. He's already received the blessing. And receiving the blessing has received the promise of God. The promise that God gave to Abraham. The promise that was passed on and inherited by Isaac. It has already been given to Jacob. Very important promise that we're talking about. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. I will bless those that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. I will give you so many descendants that no man can number. As many as the sands of the earth. As many as the stars in the, of the heavens. I will make you a great and a mighty nation. He has already received that promise. So Jacob should be living the good life with all that being put together. But here he is, as a result of his sin, as a result of, of his dishonesty, as a result of, of, 
of lying to his father Isaac, tricking him and, and receiving the, the blessing in that way instead of allowing God to do whatever God was going to do. He was going to get the blessing. But instead of having trust and faith and confidence in God to do what, what needed to be done, he took it upon himself to do it his way. And as a result of doing it his way, here we find him in these, in these verses here that we have just read, laying on the ground, using rocks for pillows, sleeping on the dirt bed. He's at the, at the lowest point here. He's, he's at rock bottom. Literally, he's at rock bottom you know I've been there maybe there's someone watching the video that's there right now as a result of your sins as a result of bad choices and the decisions you've made maybe your life ain't really what you would like it to be maybe it ain't really what it could be but I got good news for you we find that as he went to sleep that he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. I picture this like the prayers going up, the blessings coming down. And behold the Lord stood above it and said I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed and behold I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of to thee there he is at rock bottom it's his fault he's the one that's made the mistakes he's the one that, that's done the wrong he's the one that's committed the sins and now as he's laying there on a dirt bed using rocks for pillars can't get no lower Canada couldn't have made any more of a mess of his life God comes to him and he says, I am with you. I am going to, to give you everything that I promised to your grandfather Abraham. Everything that had been passed on to your father Isaac. It's yours. I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to make a way. I'm going to take care of you. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that in the lowest point of our lives, God comes to us. And he lets us know that he loves us, that he cares about us, that he's going to take care of us, that he's going to get it through, get us through it, that he's going to make a way for us. We find that Jacob realizes that. He realizes that 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 God is there with him. He says that he, and Jacob awakened out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethuel or Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Jacob realizes that this is God. Jacob has just received a promise from God. God has just...
just appeared to him and told him, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make a way for you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to get you out of this mess that you got yourself in. Out of this situation that you got yourself in. Your sins caused this. You're the one that messed up. You're the one that made mistakes. You're the one that sinned. But I, your God, am going to get you through it. I'm going to take care of it. My grace is sufficient. My mercy will abound. My love will endure. And I'm going to make a way. Now how should Jacob have responded to that? How should we respond to that? Because God has said the same exact thing to us. We messed up. We made mistakes. We sinned. And God in His great love, in His mercy, through His grace, He sent His only begotten Son. And He said, hey, you messed up. But I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to make a way of escape. I've came to save you. I've came to rescue you. And Jesus shed his life's blood on that cruel cross of Calvary. So each and every one of us could have the opportunity to confess. Have the opportunity to repent. Have the opportunity to have life and have it more abundant on this earth. And have eternal life with him when this life is over. He has made the way and he has said, I am right here with you. You made the mistakes. But I'm going to take care of it and do the work to get you back to where you need to be. We should just simply, yes, first of all, we should fall on our knees, fall on our face in, in his holy presence and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. I confess. I need you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. That should be what we do. And then after that, we should just worship him, praise him, be obedient to him, follow him. We don't do that all the time, though. And Jacob didn't do that. Jacob vowed a vow saying, if, get this, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. God has just appeared to this man. God has just appeared to Jacob. And now he's saying, if you will do this, God, if you will do that, God, if, if, if. He's putting conditions. He's telling the Lord God Almighty, if you will do this, then I will do this. We don't, we, we shouldn't do that. We do though. We go to God in prayer and we say, Lord, this is what I need. And we try to let's make a deal with God. God, if you will give me this prayer, if you will answer this prayer, if you will give me this blessing, if you will help me in this way or that way, then I will serve you. Then I will go to church. Then I will get saved. Then I will follow you. No, we are sinners lost and on our way to a devil's hell. We need to fall on our face in his holy presence and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I've made a mess of things. I need you and I want to do it your way not my way no if conditions should be given with God he is the Lord God Almighty creator of heaven and earth and we are not it's his way that's the only way I want you to think on that as we close out this video this morning that I hope you've got something out of if anyone has any questions concerns or comments Leave me a message. I'd love to talk to you. So excited and thankful for, 
for the many that's been participating in the videos. I had no no idea these videos was going to go as good as they've been going, and I'm all all the glory needs to go to God. And I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you that's been participating, and I just hope that you continue to go through God's word with me. Until next time, God bless.